y'all getting it all today. You're getting movies, you're getting songs, you're getting cartoons. Boy, look, I hope you don't have a headache or a stomach hurt because, you know, when I come up here, you might have to laugh a few times. But here I am. Uh, thank you to Pastor Pender and Lady Pender for inviting us out. I want to tell y'all, this is something he has been working on for probably, what, two years? Yeah. He's been trying to get this done for two years, and thank God that it is finally here. As he said, I am Pastor Byron, and is my beautiful wife. Pastor Bray. Pastor Bray of the City of Refuge Christian Church, Charleston. As you can see, today we want to talk about Mission Impossible. And just in case you don't see it, there's a question mark back there. Because that's a question. Is the mission impossible? Amen. Amen. All right. And we're going to get started. You want to pray, babe? I sure can. Well, praise Hallelujah. the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we just thank you right now that you allowed us to come into the house of the Lord. Father, we just give you all glory, honor, and praise, Father God. I thank you right now that we decrease and you increase in us right now, God. I thank you that your word is coming from on high, God, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you flow, that you blow in this place right now, God. Touch every heart, God, every mind, God, that let us receive what you have for us. Circumcise our ears, God, right now. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory. Amen and amen. 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 I'm going to grab me a stool because sometimes she get going. I might just have to go and sit down. I'm just going to go ahead and get prepared because when the Spirit hits her, I need to have me a seat too. I'm just being honest. I need to be ready. Amen, amen. I want to make sure we don't cover up the microphone here. Now, typically we do minister on Thursdays together, but this is actually our first time on a Sunday ministering together. Praise the Lord. So you walking with us in the first. Mm. Right. Y'all are part of history. <laughs> in Simpsonville. Exactly right. That's right. In God's house. God. What better house can you be in than God's house? Exactly. Hallelujah. On, yes, Lord. But have you ever been given an assignment or a job or whatever, and you want to make sure you complete it? You don't stop until that thing is done. Yeah. That is considered a mission. Mm -hmm. Some of us would call that a mission. Tell us what mission Amen. means, baby. Okay, mission. Undertaking a task that one considers to be very important, duty. And depending on how much you like it, love or respect the person giving you the mission determines how hard you will go. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. Y'all know what I'm saying. Y'all know what we're saying there. Because sometimes folks give you something to do and you don't want to do it because you don't really care about the person telling you what to do. It's, it's right. all about how much we like the person, how much we love the person, how much we respect that person telling us what we need to do before we really go hard at doing it. Because we like to slack off and do this and do that because we don't really care about that person. So what that says is there needs to be some type of relationship. Yeah. When there's Amen. a mission being carried Amen. out. Amen. All right. Amen. Uh, another determining factor on how hard we go is what's in it for us. <laughs> That's the first thing we think about. We think about what's in it for us instead of why. what purpose does this serve? Mm -hmm. And we think about ourselves first. We want to know what we're going to get out of it, what kickback we're going to get from mm -hmm. it, what, what's it, what, who's going to pay us, who's going to give us the money to do okay. it. Come uh -huh. on now. I'm just saying. You know it. You know I'm going to give you all the You know it. That's for real. <laughs> and an example, because what they're really saying is we're just selfish. Mm. And thank God we don't have any selfish people in here because I would have seen the S on your forehead if we did. But thank God we don't have, 
you know, everybody want to be Superman when that's on their chest, but that selfishness is right here on your forehead. It's going to call you out. It's going to show Amen. whether you want it to show or not. Amen. But I'm going to give you an example of selfishness. I remember going to my grandmother's house, rest her soul, before she passed away, and uh, it was it was Bray and I, and I was we were leaving, and I was opening the door for her, and my uncle, Uncle Bruce, my people over here know who I'm talking about. He comes out, and it's like, why are both of y'all going to the passenger side? <laughs> Somebody got to drive. I was like, Uncle Bruce, I'm putting her in the car, and he looks at my grandmother like, Mama, you see this? He opening the door for her. And I put her in the car. He said, now who going to open the door for you? I said, dude, that's selfish. <laughs> My job as a husband is to make sure she's taken care of. Amen. God's going to take care of me. Amen. That's how Amen. this thing flows. Amen. I depend on him. Amen. And then I pass that to her. Amen. But he was Amen. more focused on, well, who going to open the door for you? Somebody just going to walk out the bushes and open the door for you. But that goes to show you how selfish we really are and things like chivalry no longer exist because mm. of selfishness. Mm. Come on, say that. Yeah, I know it. I know it. I know it. <laughs> yeah, you know it. Let me high five already. You know we always start some crap. So. <laughs> no, but it's true because it goes back to even what Pastor Tim said earlier, right? This, this woman... Um, wasn't taken care of by her husband. Mm. See, and we're not thinking about mm. taking care of our spouses like that because we're not, it's like we're not taught that anymore, right? We don't see God, you know, in that way. We don't lean to God. And so, uh, man, I'm saying we got to go ahead. You got to go ahead and say, God, I need you. I need you to help me to be the husband that God called me to be. Not what the society says you should be, but what God says you should be. Amen. Because we got to look into the word to see what God is saying as a husband, right? And, and, I, and I'm going to speak to the women too, because we got to look to God to see how we're supposed to be that wife that God called us to be. Amen. I'm just saying, go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Tag on in. All right. Praise the Lord. So, <laughs> but as people of God in the body of Christ, how many of you know that we are mission oriented? Amen. We are mission oriented. And today's scripture is coming out of Matthew 28. 18 and 20, and it's titled The Great Commission. Yeah. Amen. And we're going to see why we're having problems and why sometimes our mission is impossible. We're reading out of the New Living Translation, starting at verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you even to the end of the age. Amen. Again, this is the Great Commission. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, you see what Jesus did there, right? He said, go and reproduce yourselves. Mm -hmm. But understand what they are reproducing. We are reproducing people after Christ. Yeah. Amen. He said, make disciples. So in other words, you disciples, go and make other disciples. Amen. The problem is, sometimes we want to make clones instead. Oh. See, he said, go and make disciples. The disciples couldn't make other disciples if they weren't yet disciples. Yeah, come on and see, now. we like to try to make disciples and haven't had no one disciple us. But yet, still, we got everything to offer somebody else. Mm. Come on. I ain't coming no more. <laughs> <laughs> but 
you know, we want to ask you a question. If God asked you, asked you to make a disciple, what are you making? Mm. What are you making? Mm. Because the truth is, is that as he's discipling, as we're sitting under and being discipled, we can then go and disciple other people. Right. Mm -hmm. But are we putting ourselves in a position to be discipled? Mm. Are, we, are we sitting under someone? Are we spending time with them outside of church? Because, yeah. mm. see, that's what discipleship requires for yeah. us to spend time with people outside of church. Yes. How many people do, do you go to work and come home and that's it? Because like Pastor Tim said, if that's what you like, I mean, there's some of us who don't like that kind of lifestyle, right? I want to be able to spend time with people. I want to be able to talk to people. I want to be able to encourage people and also for people to encourage me. Amen. It's, it's a relationship, as you already said. As we already stated, <laughs> that's all right. But here's the thing. If Christ has given us the great commission, why does this mission seem so impossible? Mm. He's given the tools. He's told us what to do. Why is it so impossible? Next scripture. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to their parents, uh, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control. Now, this is the Bible. Don't get mad at me. Okay. Brutal. Stand in front of you. Okay. Despisers of good. Traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. The sad part about it is that we're going to be turning away from ourselves. That's the sad part. Because if we actually look at every last one of these things, I'm sure there's something in us in one of these. And it should not be so. It should not be so. But see, this is this is what God is saying. We, we got to learn how not to be selfish. See, we talked about selfishness mm -hmm. earlier, right? Yeah. Selfish means of a person, action, or motive lacking consideration for others. Mm -hmm. Concerned with one's own personal um, pleasure. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm trying to read my name. That's all right. <laughs> but understand this about this mission. If you choose to accept it. <laughs> Y'all ain't watch Mission Impossible. Come on. Y'all heard the music. Come on. If you choose to accept it, you cannot live any kind of way. Amen. You can't do what you want to do. Amen. So we're going to give you some examples of ways that we make our mission impossible. And these, <laughs> it's really called me Ethan. <laughs> and the three ways we're going to talk about, and we're going to get into them. One is we hide from God. We hide from God. Number two, we run away from our calling. Mm. And we can do that by saying we don't know what it is. Oh. Mm. But we'll get into that later on. Mm. And the third one, which is one of my favorites, is razzle-dazzle. And I know y'all looking at me like, what in the world is this brother talking about? Razzle-dazzle. Go ahead and read that, babe. <laughs> okay. Razzle-dazzle is like hiding in plain sight. This involves not only pretending your offenses never happened, but making a show, being cool, calm, and collected, a, a collected Christian that people believe or think you could do no wrong. Mm -hmm. 
That's what it is. It's hiding in plain sight. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it, it's that pretender thing that people got going on. It's that when you come into the house of the Lord and you smile and, and you know, and they say, how are you doing? You say, bless the high favor. favor. See that? We already, we didn't practice this. <laughs> that term is so common in the body today. We all know it. Blessed and highly favored. It's coming in here. I know, you know, hopefully nobody. But there is this time we call Halloween coming around the corner. And folks like to dress up. We do it every Sunday. Oh. We do it every day. We had masks on before COVID even existed. Come on, come on. And we walk around here and want to be fake and come in our best clothes. And we know the lingo and we know what to say. We know the part. And yet still we're being a great pretender. Great pretender. So let's go ahead and deal with the first one. We hide from God. Hiding can come from embarrassment from doing wrong. See, when we go out and we mess up, we do what we call go into our cave. I call it a turtle spirit because y'all know once a turtle gets defensive, he goes into his shell. He don't want anybody to bother him. That's what we do. We don't want to be corrected. We don't want any encouragement. We just go and we hide. So we run away from God. There were two people in the Bible that we all know of that went out and did what they weren't supposed to do. We like to blame one, but it was two. Went out and did what they weren't supposed to do, and they hid. That's Adam and Eve. So think about it. Here they are in the garden, right? They go ahead, they listen to the serpent, and I say they, because even though Adam knew what God said, he still took what his wife gave him, knowing that it was the wrong thing to do. I'm just saying. He knew because he spoke to God himself. Now, Listen, as soon as they realized, all of a sudden, they, their eyes were open, and they realized that they were naked. So what did they do? They went ahead. And see, and that's what we do. We hide. Somebody calls us out, we hide. We're embarrassed. We're ashamed. We go and cover ourselves up. Oh, we don't want anybody to talk to us. We don't want anybody to say anything to us. That's what we do. But see, God is saying no. And, and, and here's the thing that blew my mind. How did they think they was hiding from God? How, how, exactly. Like they was invisible. Just because they put some fig leaves on, they thought they was invisible. But see, you know what? We do the same thing. We think we can hide from God. Yes, Lord. But he's omnipresent. Mm -hmm. So how are we hiding from him? Mm -hmm. He sees all. He knows all. And yet we still think that we can hide from him. See, and I know that there's some things in our lives that we think that we can't come back from. But the truth is, is that God is a forgiving God. And so we can come back from it. Because we're going to repent and we're going to give God glory. And, and here's the thing. He placed something on the inside of each of us. But here's, why does it hide and work, babe? It don't work. Because here's the thing. If you think about it, go to, was that Jonah? Around the third chapter, that's we know. Running. Hmm? That's running. Yeah, that's running. <laughs> Did I jump? Yeah, well, I'm all over the place. But don't they look? Don't don't mess around with me because I get too happy right here. <laughs> I did. I'm gonna let her do that because I, I, I was ready to jump to the next one. He he was ready to go to the next one. That's okay. That's okay. I do it all the time. But hiding doesn't work because of Psalms 139. Mm-hmm. 1 through 10, and I know we didn't give you that, but we're going to go ahead and read it anyway, okay? All right, so Psalms 139, 1 through 10 says, Oh, Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. So how can we hide from him if he knows everything about us? 
It says, you know when I sit down or when I stand up. Right. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. So even when we're far away from him, even when our hearts are not close to him, he still knows us. <laughs> he still knows where we are. He knows. Yes. Right? Now I'm reading out a New Living Translation. But he says, also, he says, you see me when I travel and when I rest at home. Mm. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. So how are we hiding from God? Yeah. He knows everything about us. He says, not only that, you place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Mm. He said, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. Mm. I go up to heaven and you are there. Mm. I go to the grave and you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, mm, I dwell by the farthest oceans. Even there, your hand will guide me and strength will support me. Lord have mercy. We cannot hide from God. I'm telling you. If God says he knows the very numbers of hairs on our head, how are we hiding from him? Amen. I pick my hair every morning and I see hair falling in the sink. <laughs> I'm like, God, how many I got left? <laughs> if he knows that, there's no way I can hide. If you can tell me the number of hairs on my head and I get a haircut every two weeks, Amen. I know he know what I'm doing Amen. when I think he don't know what I'm doing. Come on. See, Come the on. problem is we try to treat God like he's one of our co-workers or friends down the street. Oh. See, we figure if we can hide from the pastor, I should be able to hide from God. Mm. Please, there are two different people. We are not God, first and foremost. We're not God. We're here to encourage. We're here to help you. We're here to lead you in the right direction. So by you being able to pull the wool over our eyes, doesn't mean anything. Doesn't, because God sees it all. Come he on. sees it all. Amen. It doesn't mean a thing. <laughs> so, please, please, please understand. As pastors, as leaders, it is not your job to try to fool us. It ain't my job to try to say you're fooling me. But what I have to say is there are things that we know that we may not say to you. Amen. Because God will reveal some things to us, but he also puts a muzzle on our mouth to say, it's not time yet. Mm. Right. Amen. It's not time yet. So just because your pastor or your leaders aren't saying anything to you, doesn't mean they don't know. Amen. Just want to put that plug out there. <laughs> Go ahead. As needs to say, he knows, he knows. He knows, he knows, he knows. All right, so the second one is we run from our calling. Mm. Now everybody know Jonah ran from his calling. Yes. Right? He ran from the mission that God had for him to do. He ran. He ran over, and he was supposed to go to Nineveh, and he mm -hmm. went to Tarshish. Tarshish. That's it. That's it. He was that's he was trying to. Exactly. He was trying to get there. Because that's the thing. When we, when we don't want to do something, we run. Mm. So, you know, if somebody says, you know, we need you to do this in the body, we're, we're like, we don't want to do that, so we run away. Mm -hmm. We run away. But here's the thing. God going to call you back. Yeah. <laughs> you know one thing I found funny about Jonah? When God called him to go do what he was supposed to do, he never had to worry about how he was going to get there. Mm -hmm. He just said go. That's right. And he was going to provide the way. As soon as he tried to go the opposite way, verse 3 says he went and bought his own ticket. Mm -hmm. And we don't understand when we go against what God is telling us, we are paying our own way. Wow. And where it could be free and it could oh, be man. beneficial wow. to us, we would rather pay 
and suffer ourselves. Mm. He didn't say go that way. Come on. He said go this way. Amen. But if I want to go my own way, I'm going to pay. And sometimes paying isn't always financial. Sometimes <laughs> there's some, something you may have to deal with on the back end because you disobeyed what he said. So some way in your life, you're going to pay for it. Come on, go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna sit down now. <laughs> but that's what we do we do the same thing God says I need you to do this well I'm not ready for that we disqualify ourselves yes we do and we try to tell God what we are and what we aren't ready for <laughs> we walk around like we Moses well I can't talk I never see Moses study in the Bible nowhere show me some what he stuttered in the Bible mm. but he says I, I have a speech impediment uh -huh. And as we were just talking about last night, when they went to go do what God told him to do, Aaron didn't say a word. That's right. He said, I'm sending your brother Aaron to speak for you. They got there. We don't hear Aaron open his mouth. Moses was just wanting to give an excuse of why he didn't. Come on, my friend. Well, he just didn't want to go. Yeah, that's and that's right. a lot of us. Because when we don't want to go, we can build excuses as tall as this building. But Moses just said, I can't talk. And then he wants God to give him an answer. That's how we do. God give us an answer. We got another question. Well, what am I supposed to tell him? Who sent me? And God just got the simplest answer. I am. I am sent you. That's right. That's right. Don't worry about all that. See, we worry about the wrong things. If God is giving us something, why are we worrying about how else we're going to get it or what else he's going to give us? If he's going to give us a vision, he's going to give us provision. Amen. It's going to be there. Pro means before. It's going to come before Amen. the vision. Amen. He's not going to tell you something and not give you a way to complete. Come on. Amen. I'm sitting there. Like, you get too happy. <laughs> no, but think about Jonah for a minute on this. See, running doesn't work because God calls us back, mm. right? And so here now, God had to go ahead and put Jonah in the, in the belly of a well. Why? Or the belly of a fish, whatever you want to call it. He had to put him there to get him to understand and say, you know what? You're not in control of your own life. See, we think we're in control. We think it's all about us, what we want. We just sang a song this morning. It's not about us, but it's about Jesus. I'm just saying, we got, we got to think about what it is really about. And we want to do our own will. But see, God has to call us back. Now, see, the one thing about Jonah is that he had every reason not to want to go to Nineveh. He sure did. He had every reason because, see, Nineveh, the Ninevites, were the ones that were actually destroying the Israelites. They actually held them captive. They put the, the hook in the nose, right? That's what they did. They, they strung them. They were like slaves. And so he, he didn't feel like they deserved it. And see, a lot of us feel that same way. You know what? I'm not going to go minister to this person because they don't deserve it. Look what they did to me. See, we think about ourselves. We make it about us again. We make it about us and we say, no, they don't deserve it. I'm not talking to them. And see, and this is why we got to remember in the kingdom of God, we can't have any hate or discontent towards people because you never know when God going to use you to go speak to that person. You never know when God's going to use you to go say something to that person and bring them. Because, see, we're, we're agents of reconciliation. See, we keep forgetting that. We're agents of reconciliation. We're supposed to be reconciling people back to God. That's what we're supposed to be doing. But, see, when we made it about us, we forgot about God's mission. And, see, and that's what Jonah did. He forgot about God and made it about himself. 
And we got to step outside of that. We got to say, God, forgive us. Forgive us when we made it about us. Forgive us when we go ahead and when we won't talk to the person. Forgive us when we won't go minister to the person that you have us to minister to. Forgive us, God. Forgive us. Because we haven't been, we were reconciled to him. Why aren't we reconciling people back to him? As we see here, Jonah was, as she said, Jonah was taken off, and God called him a second time. Yes. See, God gave him another chance. You go over to chapter 3, God called him again. Yes, he did. And said, look, I need you to go do this. Jonah finally got it together. The question is, are we going to get it together when we get that calling? Here's the thing. How do you know you're going to make it to a second calling? Mm. See, we depend on that. I'll do it next time. Right. I remember when I was 16 and when I, when I was young, you know, I, mean, I went to church every Sunday, but I always said I was going to go up and rededicate my life. And I had an excuse every Sunday while I did. <laughs> From 14 all the way to 16, I said, I'm going to do it when I'm 16. I had an excuse every Sunday. I'm going to do it this Sunday. No, next Sunday. No, next Sunday. And then when I got 16, I had to just man up and say, you know what? I need to do this. But the reason I didn't want to do it because it, it, it seemed embarrassing. Why? I have no idea. Why do we get embarrassed in front of our family at church? Mm. I did not want to go give my life to Christ because I was worried about what everybody else was going to say because they knew what I was doing Monday through Saturday. Whoa. They knew I wasn't living worth the two cents. So why am I going to go up here on a Sunday and give my life to Christ Come so on. I can give them something to talk about? Mm. Let's give them something to talk about. <laughs> Come on. But I had to get past myself and understand who was calling me. Amen. I had to get past myself. And Jonah finally had to get over what he was going through. Because like she said, he had every right to be upset. But just because we got a right, don't make it righteous. Amen. So sometimes we got to move past our rights and do what God has called us to do. It's kind of like being married. Just because you apologize don't mean you were wrong. Uh -oh. That's right. <laughs> you do not have to be wrong to be the first one to say, baby, I'm sorry. Come on. Because it's about unity and peace, not about who's right. Because that turns into selfishness, that turns into finger point, that turns into I told you so. Help us, Lord. Amen. Amen. And there are many times when you just got to go ahead and suffer for doing right. Mm. We gotta. We don't like to suffer, though. That's the problem. We want to go ahead and we want to stand up and we want to say, I'm right. At what cost, though? At what cost? Is it the cost of our families? Is it the cost of our children? Is it the cost of our legacy? See, we don't think about legacy. Speaking of that, Mr. Brady, the best quarterback ever to come in NFL history, thought he had a right to go back and play football again. And that right just got him divorced because she didn't want him to go back and play again. But because there was no unity and he wanted to do what he wanted to do, well, baby, I'm the best at this. I'm good at what I do. There's no other one like me. I'm not ready to quit yet. As long as I can walk, as long as I can breathe, I should be able to go out here and play. And that is what we do. We think just because we were good at something, that's why we can't leave that path. That's right. That's right. Because, see, we were good at what we did back then. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was good at partying. I was good at running behind young ladies. I would close your ears. I was good. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't worried about y'all. I know daddy. I ain't even worried about that. He's going to give that look, and it's over. But, hey, there were things that I was good at that I didn't want to let go. 
Because no, when you go to something new, that means you're starting over. And nobody wants to start over. I would rather stay here where I'm good at, where I have excelled. If you're on your job, I have become a manager or whatever the case may be. Everybody knows my name. Why am I going to go somewhere else new and start all over again? Hallelujah. Amen. We on number three? Y'all know we don't be long. We don't play. The third one is my favorite one. Razzle dazzle. Razzle dazzle. Okay, I'll you go ahead and explain it. Okay. Razzle dazzle means noisy, showy, and exciting activity display designed to attract and impress. So we doing stuff just to make it look good mm -hmm. but it's not really good mm -hmm. okay going back to that pretender pretender okay. i'm going to read second corinthians that brother god was giving me some scriptures that i wasn't able to give to you last night but second corinthians chapter 11 verses 12 through 15 second corinthians chapter 11 verses 12 through 15 but i will continue doing what i have always done this will undercut those who are looking for an opportunity to boast that their work is just like ours. These people are false apostles. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. But I am not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. In the, in the end, they will get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. Did you yes. see that? Yes. Even Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. Yes. So he says, I am not surprised that his servants disguise themselves as righteous. Wow. Do you get that? Can you see past that? If you are playing church, if you are playing holy Christian, you are Satan's servant. Mm. Mm. You're disguising yourself to be something that you are not. Mm. And you want to come in and look good. And you know what? And some of us can sing the rooftop off this place. Some of us can pray a house down. Some of us can get up and do whatever it is in the service we need to do. Teach children's church. Teach marriage ministry. Whatever it is. We got that part got our down packed because the Bible says gifts are without repentance. Amen. But the thing is, how are we living? Mm. See, we want to do all these things, but we don't want to live nothing. Mm. We want to be in disguise. We want to be in character. It's Halloween all year for us sometimes. Mm. Jesus. Lord have mercy. Mm. 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 Lord have mercy. But he called them servants of Satan mm -hmm. because they are disguising themselves in, as righteousness. Mm. Y'all, we can't play with this thing. Right. Amen. We can't disguise ourselves to do something that we're not called to do. Amen. If you know you are not called to do something, you have leaders for that. Amen. Sir, I know, but here's the thing. Your leader may know something about you you don't. Because God put him here to help encourage you and to push you in the direction he wants you to go. And we sometimes we can't see past ourselves. But that's why he puts leaders in our, in our midst. Amen. See, just because I'm a pastor don't mean I don't have leaders. It doesn't mean I don't have people right. I talk to. Right. Just in case y'all don't know, man, this man meets every Monday night via Zoom. Yes, sir. Amen. Whether we're reading a book... No, I'm telling them. They need to know. Whether we're reading a book or if we're not on a book just to have a discussion, 
We meet every Monday night unless something happens and we say, okay, we'll catch each other next Monday. See that? We're accountable to each other too. Right. Because one is not just going to get on there and sit. Well, maybe I left him hanging a couple times. But one is not going to get on there and sit and not tell the other one what's going on. Accountability is key. At least he told on himself. I got to tell him myself. Got to shame the devil, bro. Yes, amen. I'm going to go ahead and read Titus 1, 15 through 16. Now, this one is a little bit of an ouch as well. Um, and it's in the new, in, I think it's New Living Translation. Yeah, and it says, everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, mm -hmm. but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving mm -hmm. because their minds and consciences are corrupted. Such people claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. Mm -hmm. They are detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. Good night. Mm. That's, 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 that's not my language, okay? So mm. just so you know, that's the Bible. You can go ahead and read it for yourself. <laughs> and you can see what God says. But the truth is, is that if we're not living what we're supposed to be living or living the way God called us to live, then he says that we're worthless mm. for doing anything good. Mm -hmm. mm. And so, and that's why, just like Pastor was just saying, we got to get it right. And he's given us that opportunity right now to get everything right. Yeah. He's given us that opportunity. Just like he gave Jonah, he called him a second time. He's calling us now. And I'm sure he's given us second, third, fourth, fifth. I know some of us on our 50th chance. Got more lies on the cat. And so, and that's, and, and so it's time. Go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes we think, because that's not our life all the time, we're okay. Well, I'm only like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. I only have moments of despair. I only have moments of bad thoughts. All it takes is a moment. Mm -hmm. All it takes is a moment for you to take your eye off the road and hit something. Mm -hmm. All it takes is a moment. That's it. Look at David. Mm -hmm. David was supposed to be at war. Mm -hmm. And he found himself a peeping tongue on the roof looking at somebody <laughs> bathing. <laughs> and what he saw end up becoming an action. Mm -hmm. He saw something because he wasn't where he was supposed to, to be. be. A king is supposed to be at war with That's the people. That's right. That's right. Come on. He played hooky and stayed home mm -hmm. and saw somebody on the roof, mm -hmm. which led him to an affair. He said, as we said, entanglement. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> led him in an entanglement with this young lady with a seed. And her husband is doing what he's supposed to do. Out he, right. That's Look right. Look at what he did. He called him back to get him drunk for him to go in and know his wife. So I had to, I had to see my room and know what to say here. He had to come get, his, get this man drunk. Uriah, go ahead and know your wife. But see, Uriah was a man of integrity. He said, if my men are out here in the field, I'm not going to go and do that. If they can't do it, I'm not going to do it. And that's sometimes we need to do that. They can't do it. I'm not going to do it. See, some of us would have took that chance. I probably would have been one. Being out the seat for six or seven months, if I get called back, you better believe I'm going to know my wife before they fly my hind paws back out on that water. <laughs> That's just being real right there. But understand, Uriah had discernment. He knew something. I'm not going to say he didn't know something wasn't right. 
but he knew what was right. right. He said, I'm not going to do that. That's right. And see, David, when that plan failed, it led him to do more sin. Mm -hmm. It's just like one mm -hmm. lie leads to another. Well, mm -hmm. One sin leads to another. Mm -hmm. So he went from doing one thing to doing one another thing, and the next thing you know, he has the husband killed. Mm -hmm. All because of a glimpse of what he saw. It, it's just, just a domino your, effect. Starts in your mind. But understand, when God sent Nathan to David and explained the situation, he's like, you know, this, you look, y'all read the story. Second sentence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he said, David was so upset with the way Nathan was telling the story about this man taking this man's little you lamb. Right. He was so upset, he said, he should die. We need to kill him. Right. He was ready. Yes, he and Nathan had to say, the man is you. And see, we like to judge others mm -hmm. by what we didn't caught, get caught doing. Mm -hmm. We think because we didn't get caught, we have the opportunity to put it on somebody else. Yep. See, right. as long as I can blame you, I can deflect everything that I do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can't see me as long as I got you looking over here. Deflection. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And that's what David did. So it's the same thing. In that moment of his great life, he was being a pretender. He was in disguise of being this man of holier than thou, knowing what he had just did. Absolutely. And see, what we do in that case is we judge everybody else by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't intend to do I that. Didn't I didn't that. mean to hurt him. I didn't, but we give ourselves grace, but we don't give other people grace. Mm -hmm. And God doesn't want us to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we we got to stop just thinking about us because then that goes back to selfishness mm -hmm. everything is about us right it goes back to well what's going to profit me what's going to give me pleasure what's going to be good for me we start thinking about ourselves and we're not thinking about our brother and our sister how did we hurt them mm -hmm. everybody's always talking about well this person you know they were backbiting well who did you backbite against mm -hmm. who did you talk about I have a girlfriend, she said, if a dog bring a bone, he taking one back. You better believe it. But see, we always talk about what's happening to us, but we don't ever talk about what we do to other people. And we deflect, like he said, onto another person, which really, what really should be on us. And so now it's time for us to say, you know what? I, I know I don't want to be those type of people. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be in a, in a place where I'm, I'm constantly always looking at everybody else's fault. You know, uh, uh, Lady Yolanda and I have this thing, you know, she was this, you know, we got this big old beam hanging out our eye, but we looking at a speck in somebody else's. Mm -hmm. That's the word. And we got to stop looking at those specks and start dealing with ourselves. We got to start going to God and saying, God, I need you to fix me. I need you to change me. Like, like Tamla Man, change me, oh God. <laughs> I can't say it like that, but make me more like you. Yes. We got we to ask God to change us. Mold us and make us into your image, God. But how do we get there? See, how do we get there? Proverbs 2, 1 through 6. First of all, we got to have a listening ear. Mm -hmm. Too many times we want to talk. Like he said, keep, it said, keep your mouth shut. Mm -hmm. But we want to talk, but we don't want to listen. Mm -hmm. Jesus. I have something to give. I have something to give. But what is God trying to get to you before you give it to other people? Ah. And maybe when you give it then, because see, your character got to be right. Mm -hmm. 
And see, a lot of us, our character isn't right. And we want to go and give, but we don't understand when we go to give, everything that we got in us is going to be given to that next person. Sometimes we're trying to give what's actually for us. Amen. <laughs> well, Proverbs 2, 1 through 6 says, My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Mm -hmm. Now, this is Solomon talking to his son. Now, he was already talking to him in, 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 in Proverbs 1. But now he's continuing on because he's got to keep explaining to I need you to listen to me how important it is. Listen to what I'm and treasure my commands. Listen to this. Wisdom can't benefit us, benefit us if we don't receive it. People can share things with you all the time, but if you don't ever receive it, it's not going to benefit you. And wisdom is really what you live or what you apply to yourself. So you can't, you don't even have wisdom if you're not applying it. You have information. <laughs> you have information. Ooh. But you don't have wisdom. It says tune your ears to wisdom. And concentrate on understanding. Now the King James says apply your heart to understanding. So that means we got to check our heart. Is it, is it able to receive? Remember, we said mission impossible. Are you able to receive what God has for you to receive for you? When he says, but I, I love you, but this thing I have against you. Can we, can we receive that? Then he says, cry out for insight. That word insight is really discernment. We need to cry out for discernment. Hebrews 5 and 14 says that we can discern between good and evil. But we, we've got we've to be willing to do that in order to make the mission possible. We've we got to kill the flesh. We've got we to we gotta, we gotta beat into subjection. That's what Paul said. I beat my flesh into subjection. Lest when I preach, I be a castaway. And see, we're going around telling everybody and trying to free everybody, but we, we, we're not free. And God wants us to be free. He says, search for them. Wait a minute, I'm sorry. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Then verse 4 says, search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. It's, it's not like osmosis. You go ahead and get your Bible. You lay your head on the pillow. It don't work like that. <laughs> it don't work like that. That means you got to sit time. You got to spend some time with God. You got to open up your word. You got to ask the questions. My mother-in-law, she got a Bible that have the questions in there. They go ahead and give you some insight, some more in-depth insight into what the word is saying. Questions that we should be asking God when we're reading the word. Say that again, sis. Yeah, like she said, are we reading? Because I'm going to tell you, I'll be the first one. When somebody give me a scripture, I'm like, okay, let me go see how they use that. My nickname is Berean. I go and I go look it up for myself. Why? Because in order for me to live it, i got to see what it means. i got to understand it. I can't take what somebody tells me and then say, oh, okay, and then start preaching that word that they just said without me going ahead and reading it for myself and studying. Mm -hmm. But that's how people do it. I know it's none of us in here like that. 
But just so we're clear, we got to hear God and we got to listen to God and hear what he's saying to us. Everybody in here has a testimony for God. Everybody in here has something that God brought them through. And I'm sure we got many, many, many testimonies in some cases because he had to bring us through a whole lot. Yes. And I just feel like he deserves us to be able to read his word and study. He deserves that. And so it's time for us to do that. And then verse 5 says, then you will, you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. Amen. You're right on it. Proverbs 1 and 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Amen. So the more we know, we see that Solomon is talking to his son. This is the depiction of us and the father. Amen. So the father is saying to us what Solomon is saying to his son. Wisdom. Yes. Seek after it like hidden treasure. This is how our mission becomes possible. Amen. By being in tune with the father. As long as we're on the outskirts and we're running the opposite way like Jonah, the mission will always be impossible. That's right. It may work for a while, but we're not in the business for a while. We're in it for the long haul. This is a lifestyle. This is a lifestyle. So we have to let God control our lives. I know we don't like that word control. <laughs> Ain't nobody controlling me. I understand. But if we think about this, the enemy walks around like a roaring like yes. lion seeking yes. whom he may devour. Yes. Now look, <laughs> we think we can outlast it, but if you think about a lion, he is actually waiting patiently. That's right. He's waiting patiently, he's ready, he's gonna pounce. Guess what? When you by yourself, mm -hmm. when, when, you no, when nobody else is around, yeah. when, when you got offended and you got hurt and you went into your cave, mm and now you don't have any other believers around you, that's when he's coming. Like he coming that. at that time. Huh? I like that. <laughs> he's coming at that time. Not only that, how long has a lion been watching you before mm. he pounces? Mm -hmm. mm. Y'all seen Lion King, stop it. Just <laughs> <laughs> sitting there in that grass just looking. <laughs> oh. Waiting on us to make a mistake. That's it, that's it. That's it. Amen. So, with that, that is how we change our mission from being impossible to possible. Amen. Staying in tune with God, listening to what he's telling us, being obedient, praying, reading, seeking leadership. Whatever the case may be, whatever we are, where we are in our life, what we need to do to get past that is what he has already put there for us. Amen. So, the mission is the great commission. The great commission becomes Mission accomplished Amen. when we're listening to what he said. Amen. 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 That's all we got, y'all. We pray that something said today has touched you and has benefited you in some way. Uh, have, have touched your heart to make you say that, God, I need to get it together because I've been living an impossible mission. Understand when we live an impossible mission, it's like the children of Israel and you keep walking around the desert for years mm. and years and years mm. and wondering why you can't come out of an 11-day journey mm. because we won't listen. Mm. And I just say, you know what? Let's, let's all stand. How about that? Is that okay, Pastor Tim?
this is between you and God. This is not about anybody that's around you. This is not about the person in front of you. This is not about family. This is about you. If you need to go ahead, we're going to take a, a, just a minute to look to God and ask God to forgive us for anything that we've done that's prevented us from completing the mission that he has at hand. Just take a moment. And just ask God to forgive you. He's the God of second, third, and fourth chances. Fifth. <laughs> just keep asking him. Father, we thank you for this word today. We thank you that your word has not fallen on deaf ears. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you right now for change in our lives, God. We thank you right now, Father God, that you have been a perfect example for us. Yes. We thank you right now, Father God, that we will no longer be disobedient to what you are calling us to do. Thank you right now that we are relinquishing control over to you. Have your way in us, God. We thank you that we decrease and allow you to increase in us, God. In the name of Jesus, yes. that we may go out and win souls for you everywhere. Yes. We thank you right now for obedience among your people, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you now that we no longer walk in our ways and say that it is about us. Yes, God. For we understand that it is about you, Father. Yes. It's not about trying to pull the wool over the leader's eyes, but what are you seeing, Father God, in our lives? Yes. We thank you right now that you circumcise our ears that we can hear what you are saying yes. to us. Yes. And we will receive it and run with it. We thank you that you are able to trust us with the word that yes. you give us yes. in the name of Jesus. And thank you right now, for we are no longer the same. Our mission is no longer impossible. We will go out and, and do your great commission in the name of Jesus. So we thank you now for this room of believers and that your mission be accomplished. Yes, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. and amen. amen. Thank you, guys. We love y'all.